We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love the pop on that one. That, that was, was good. A good. It was one. well-timed. It's a good start to the podcast today. It's a good start to the end of this year. It is the good start to the end of this year. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the, the year in review episode last week. It was less of a year in review and more of uh, our awards for the year, but that's kind of what we prefer to do anyway. And um, we had fun doing it. It was yeah. nice to kind of reminisce and look at the COVID wall and see what we forgot that we had and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like doing that stuff. I mean, as long as there's substance, I'm in. As long as it's not super boring. Right. And just like, a list. do you remember when we couldn't go to pubs? Ha! <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I remember that. Like, I quit my job. <laughs> I'm fully aware we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, you know, send us your own, your own personal awards if you want at our various social media pages. Instagram.com slash beers on us. Twitter.com slash beers on us pod. Facebook.com slash beers on us. You can find us at all of those places. You got to make me admin on the Facebook page. Oh, that's right. That's right. I got to put you back on that. I lost my duties so that we could do our videos. What a weird thing Facebook did. (laughs) What a weird thing. We were both admins of the page. So because of that, it had us as both beers on us. So we couldn't join each other's chat. Yeah. Because it's like, well, no, beers on us is already on beers on us. So why would beers on us join beers on us? Yeah. Why can't Mike be on beers on us and I'm on Patrick Harris? And it's like, no. No. No, it doesn't work. You're both beers on us. Yeah. You are just an entity now. You are no longer a person. You suck. You suck. So I uh, I lost my admin duties, and I was just the uh, I was just the guest for twelve days. A contributor. I was a contributor. Yes, noted that, contributor. That, that's a that's a fancy way. Noted contributor. Yes. Uh, so you can go find the those videos from the Stone Twelve Days of IPAs box all on the Facebook page as well. And uh, you can find this podcast most places. You can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, Omni, to the Fan.com. Rate, subscribe, review download all the things that you can do it helps us out um i see we, we've got over 200 instagram followers now really that escalated quickly hey that's right yeah I, I wasn't really paying attention to it very much i knew we had somewhere in the range of like 80 or 90 or something and then i looked and it was like 225 and i was like oh cool so i Hi, get, everybody i i get notifications i'm the, dr nick <laughs> i get notifications of the instagram account and i you know if anyone starts following i start seeing it but what I've noticed lately, I've noticed it more in uh, just likes. I'm seeing usernames that I'm not familiar with. Mm. So thank you very much. If you are new not, listeners. Yeah, yeah, for not only following, but at least taking that millisecond to double tap the picture and give yes. us a like. If you're new listeners, hey, 
Thanks for thanks for hopping on. We Hola, got a, mis amigos. We got a huge backlog of episodes that you could certainly uh, spend some COVID time listening to if you are so inclined, or you can just listen from now on. That's and all I, good. I, I would say seventy five percent of those are still relevant. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would say a lot of those don't feel like oh yeah, twenty eighteen. Well, that was different. No, you know, I still feel like there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Most of it's relevant. I'd say the least relevant stuff is actually the coronavirus stuff because yeah. it was the beginning of a pandemic and we were like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm sure both of us sound massively misinformed. But remember, those were recorded in like April and yeah, May. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody knew anything. Nobody knew anything. So it could be a fun time capsule to go. I be thought like, we were going to die back then. Did you? Uh, no, but I thought things were going to be way worse than they were. In the very beginning, I wasn't so sure it was as serious as everyone made it out to be, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah, and in the beginning, I was like, we're all going to die. <laughs> and boy, were you right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to, to react to that. Uh, so we're going to just do a little a uh, little bit of a quicker episode today, but we're going to do a look ahead at uh, at next year. I know we talked a little bit about that last week, but you know, we spent most of the time looking back on 2020 as opposed to looking forward on to 2021. Um so we'll we'll be doing a little bit of a look ahead to 2021 to see what we expect. There's a there's an interesting note that I wanted to bring up that I uh, actually learned on primetime yesterday. Okay, uh, from a from a doctor slash scientist. I can't remember his official title. Maybe it was a professor predicting what's going to happen in a couple of years. So it's relevant okay. to our interests. Okay. Um. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, week in beer. What did you do this week, sir? Uh, my week in beer. Let's see. Um, I well, I had I had an interesting thing. So I don't know how to explain this without sounding like a just raging alcoholic. But um, I so I our our side gigs are we work at the radio station. We do sports radio, and around this time, people tend a lot of the full time hosts take time off, mm-hmm. and I f- am fortunate enough to be uh, one of the fill in hosts or fill in producers now. And so I did the morning show. It's on... the first year you've had a real chance like every week to really fill in yeah, because you don't it, have another job. Yeah, it's been really great. I'm really excited about it, and I hope to you know continue in this endeavor. Uh, I did the morning show on Wednesday and Thursday last week, so Festivus and Christmas Eve. And uh, that show starts at 6. I go to bed at like 2. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I go to bed at like 2, not really. I'm more like a 12, 31 o'clock guy, but it feels like 2 o'clock. And so I'm here racking my brain, how the hell am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get my booty to bed and get up early enough to be a functional sports talk radio host? Yeah, because you are such a night owl. I'm such a night owl. And my girlfriend's trying to work on me to be a little better, and I am personally trying as well. It's just It's been a tough transition. So the first day, I was freaking out, didn't know what to do. So at about, let's see, Festivus, I did, I think I... Or Tuesday. I didn't do anything Tuesday. For those of you who didn't watch Seinfeld, like me, Festivus is December 23rd. Yes. Also my sister's birthday. Shut up. Um, So Tuesday night, I'm racking my brain. What do I do? What do I do? Went down to Bridgetown because I was like, well, I'm going to have a beer, relax, and try to figure out what I'm going to do with the night. They had sticky hands on draft. I had three of those. That helped. (laughs) That helped a lot. The problem is, is though, when you have three sticky hands to go to sleep, you're not having the best sleep. Right, but I went to bed at 10. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, so you figured it out. You woke up at four. Yeah, it was like, hey, hey. six hours. I was like, not so bad. Hey, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> I'm feeling okay. You nap later, I imagine. Yeah. But... Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, but I had a nice sticky hand session, which is great because you don't. I, I feel like we don't do that as often. So that was great. Um, I've been kind of heavy on the heavy on the IPAs this week. Um, 
Been drinking a lot of the Strata, 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 which we are drinking right now from Breakside. I just took my first sip and boy, is it good. Yes, yes. I, I hadn't had this one yet. Yeah, thank you, Breakside, for making a beer that says Patrick's beer for the rest of his life. Um, I've been getting into that. It was Christmas time, so... You know, I'm I'm trying to I, I built my stepbrother kind of a variety pack of IPAs of stuff that I you know that I love. There's a punk rock time. There's a, a volatile substance, uh, paper maker pale. There was a bunch of cool stuff that I love to drink. Uh, but I also drank a bunch of barrel aged stuff over the holidays. I cracked into some of my older stuff. I had a I had the Mountains of Instead, which is a winter ale aged in apple brandy barrels. Is that Holy Mountain? No, it's Breakside. Oh, that's Breakside. And it's, yeah, because I've been going through all my old Breakside barrel aid stuff, mm-hmm. and I drank that, and it was funny because I turned it into, uh, I had my, my my sister-in-law take a sip of it, and she's more of like a wine spirit kind of girl. She doesn't, she loves sours, but doesn't love beer a whole lot. And I had her taste, and she was like, oh, I get this like cherry flavor to it. I went, oh, crap. It's a touch too old. I oh. waited too long on it. So what? Cherry can be like cherry cola can be an oxidative flavor in barrel aged beers ah, if you I hang see. on to it a little too long. Mm. Sometimes it can be pleasant, and sometimes it can be a little overpowering. And it was really fun to see a palate, you know, kind of like what we've been doing here for a long time. See somebody whose palate is completely different than mine correctly call something out, and I thought that was really fun. So was it to you as well? A touch too old? Yeah, I think so. Like if I would have drank it maybe six months ago, it would have been spot on, and mm. I think I just missed it a touch because I was holding out for the holidays. Interesting. Yeah, and then outside of that, I drank. I have gone through two six packs now of the Wembley IPA from Rubens, just a new one-off twelve-ounce cans from Rubens that I thought was. Incredible. Well, most of Ruben's IPAs are most incredible. of Ruben's IPAs are incredible. I'd like to get back into some loggers this week. I feel like I've neglected that a little bit. You want something a little lighter? I want something a little lighter. Well, New Year's Eve is coming up, so that might change some things. But yeah, who knows? Let's just get wild. Um, I didn't do anything super crazy. I did post a picture on the Instagram this weekend. You had a beer that I was jealous you have that I haven't seen yet. Uh, so I had. The Bailbreaker Clarity Rarity number three, mm-hmm. which is their hazy series. I remember buying, I think, number one or number two. And, <laughs> and you were so mad. <laughs> well, I was because Clarity, clarity rarity. rarity. And I saw the word Clarity. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. And I poured it and I went, bleep. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> um, it actually was a good <clears throat> hazy, though. I lo- Bailbreaker makes great beer. I, I think Bailbreaker, right? especially, ho- I mean, I haven't really had anything other than hoppy beer, but their hoppy beers are great. Uh, so because I liked it, and because I'm trying to be better about trying hazies, and we're seeing better hazies out there now because Agreed. more breweries are learning that they can get away with not making it crap, um, that uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And it was another solid hazy. It was. It, it reminded me a lot of um, the Stone Hazy, okay. where it was unfiltered, and it had some good, like mild hop characteristics it wasn't super bitter but it was still flavorful and good okay it kind of reminded me of that so i was i was happy about that one uh, i had the stormbreaker chili chocolate churro dessert beer um it was good okay. solid uh it's tough because i just last week had the the westbrook mexican <laughs> cake so uh, when i'm thinking of spicy dark beers and comparing it to that it's very unfair but it was everything a, is hosed from here on out it was a solid beer uh, I had the Bend Brewing Killer Stash Northwest Pale Ale. How was that? That's the one I saw that I was like, oh, I haven't seen that anywhere. Uh, market of choice. Oh, okay. Um, it was delightful. It actually had a very good dank quality to it for being a pale ale, really? too, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. It, it had a little bit more flavor than I was expecting for a pale. It was good. There's a market of choice on the way home. And then uh, I ha- actually haven't had this yet. 
uh, it's still in my fridge, but Von Ebert's Nest of Bees. You you talked about it. Yeah. So I saw I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll grab it. It's still in my fridge. I haven't had it yet. Well, great. That's my I also bear. have one thing. Uh, a listener came, brought us presents. Oh. And I would like to share these Oh, that's you. right. I forgot this. Uh, Taylor came by and dropped off some very, very Shout nice gifts. Shout out P1 Taylor. Shout out to P1 Taylor. Uh, for me, he snagged me a Dark Star oh. Spice Wars what? 2020 from Fremont Brewing, uh, which I thought didn't exist, but he said he was at, uh, I believe he was at, I don't remember where he said he was, but he said he was at the store and he just, oh, Market of Choice. He was at Market of Choice and he was saying to, I can't, sorry, Taylor, I can't remember if you're married or it's your girlfriend, so I apologize. But he said to his girl, hey, well, let's go check the beer select, you know, just just in case, you know, which is a classic thing I would do, you would do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we might as well take a look. I do it at New Seasons all the time with my <laughs> girlfriend. I'm like, I'm just going to take a peek. She's like, yeah, whatever, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so he took a peek and he saw some stuff and he was very kind enough to bring this in for us. So I've got that, which I'm excited to put away with the rest of the stash. And then we've also got this strain Stages of the Moon 2020 Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout Chocolate Coffee Vanilla coconut from ruse brewing wow interesting i have not seen ruse 20 uh ruse 22's wax dipped no and i don't think is, i've ever seen ruse do anything like this that i've seen at least and here was the one that taylor was really excited to grab for us for you stages of the moon 2020 another version of this from ruse brewing but this one has chocolate vanilla and peanut butter oh my god Oh my God! Yeah, I haven't seen those. I think the labels look real slick. Wax yeah. tip from Ruse. Um, I think that's cool. I didn't expect that. At um, all. I have a question. Shoot. Thank you, Taylor. By the way, this is I, this has nothing to do with what what you did with the gift wise. It's fantastic. I very much appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Uh, much happy love. Hanukkah. Happy well, holidays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming he isn't Jewish, but if he, he is, might be. happy Hanukkah. I uh, celebrate them all equally. <laughs> uh, it's currently Kwanzaa, isn't it? I believe so, yes. Yeah. This is correct. Interestingly, at my apartment complex, a couple of apartments down, I uh, saw the, the Kwanzaa candles in the window. Sweet! I was like, damn, I never see this. That's cool. I always watch the Futurama episodes about Kwanzaa. Mm. They have the book, What the Hell is Kwanzaa? Yeah. And it's like the guy, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it looks cool. But the wax dip is annoying. Yeah, you hate it? Well, I hate trying to open it. I just whip out a knife. I know, but even like even the knife sometimes you get you have issues like if the wax is really thick uh-huh. and you try to get like underneath the cap with the knife as you're trying to like pop it while cutting it, I'm just like, "Why? <laughs> what is what is the point? Why you do this to me?" It doesn't do anything to keep the beer longer, does it? Uh, I don't think so. I so think it's it, just a look thing. Yeah, I think it's just a and look And like Fremont thing. does it cool because they leave the drip all the way yeah, down. Yeah, the drip is really rad. It, it always reminds me, it, it makes me feel like it started with like a Maker's Mark. Mm-hmm, like right. Maker's Mark is, is the most famous alcohol that has their wax dip topped. It just, it just seems like unnecessarily annoying for a slight boost in looking cool. <laughs> because I have spent, I'm not kidding. Now I don't have like some sort of crazy sharp knife usually that I could use for this. I have spent upwards of 10 minutes trying to open wax dips in the past. Um, That's a little excessive for me. I know. Well, so like I would take a steak knife out, right? Yeah. And I would cut at you it. You just start sawing. I start sawing <laughs> at it. And I forget which one it was. Oh, it was it was the Crux Tough Love, which is one of my favorite yes, barrel-aged beers I've ever had. Yes, that is Man, was it a thick wax dip. <laughs> it was thick with two thick. C's. It was thick. And... So I took the knife and I started slicing at it. I'm just imagining you in your fridge right now. 
Well, it wasn't in my fridge. It was in the counter next to the fridge. I can't speak. I'm laughing too much. I remember exactly how it was. I was holding it, and I was like, okay, I'll cut through this. It's thick. Like, for, first thing I always try to do with the wax tip is I'll take the bottle opener, mm -hmm. and I'll see, oh, see if you can slide if I it can in. get it in mm -hmm. and pop it without I've, having to do too much work. I've done that before. It does work, usually. Yes. Usually, you can, get, you, can, you can get it into where it's underneath one of the little ledges, and you can kind of pop it up. No, this was not happening. I went, okay, steak knife time. I start sawing at it, right? And I'm sawing for like two minutes, and I'm barely making a dent in this stupid <laughs> wax, this stupid purple crux wax on this beer that I just want desperately to drink because it's my favorite beer. Now you hate it. <laughs> and so I, I'm sawing at it, I'm sawing at it, I'm sawing at it. So I get a little bit of a crevice out, right? I'm like, okay, I see the cap. Now... I start trying to put the bottle opener back in because I found the ledge I can I can pop it up at, but the rest of the wax is too thick, <laughs> and the bottle opener doesn't go through the wax around the little ledge I got. So I had to get the steak knife back again, and I start cutting around other pieces, and I'm trying to like use the pointy tip to like get underneath. It was the most annoying experience Just ever. Stabbing motion at the bottle. <laughs> It was one of those where, like, because I was sawing so hard, the bottle slipped out of my hands and it fell away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Just. <sighs> so that's why I hate wax dipping. That's too good, man. That's too good. Well, okay. I would hate wax dipping if that's what I had to go through every time. Well, it was just once. But it was such a bad experience. Usually it's fine. Usually I can get it in and pop it up. And that's what she said. But that one experience was horrific. And I hated it so much. Thank you, Taylor, for the gifts. Yeah. I will deal with the wax tip <laughs> because these beers are probably going to be delightful. I will deal with you later. <laughs> um, all right. So that was my week in beer. That was your week in beer. Let us know what yours was. Instagram.com slash beers on us. All right. What's coming up next year? What do you think is going to happen next year? Mm. The one thing of note that I thought was quite interesting, and it was brought up on primetime here on 1080 a couple days ago when I was uh, hosting with Isaac Rob. There is a professor, scientist, uh, forget the official title, but a guy who knows things, you know. I like people who know things. Understand that. And he was he said that expect another roaring 20s. Yeah. Yeah. He says expect debauchery, vices, craziness universally. Vocal jazz? I think he was talking more about like what people did in the 20s, not the uh, stuff that was popular in the 20s. Um, he said because, well, like in the 1920s, coming off the tail end of a pandemic, people are apt to go a little crazy. So a lot of cuckolds and orgies and sure mask events. Whatever whatever it is that your vice Eyes advantage is, it's probably going to be happening in the 20s. He said, now this is not going to be this year. But he said, expect around 2023, 2024 for the Roaring Twenties to happen again. Really? Yeah, because, <clears throat> because everyone's been cooped up for the year. Now, coming up this year, the vaccine is here, right? Sure. Uh, frontline workers and the most sensitive and elderly are getting it already. Uh, Dr. Fauci said that by the end of March, early April, it should be available for everybody to get if they want it. So that's <laughs> only a couple months. If they want it. Well, right. Idiots. Okay, but... That's for us. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's personal opinion, my bad. A couple of months, we can get a vaccine. I'm right? excited about that. Me too. Um, but be because not everyone's going to get it right away and because, you know, the virus is still out there, you know, mask mandates are still going to be a thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Even though you have the vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask for right, a bit. because you can still be a spreader. You can still carry it, yeah. Um, until enough people get the vaccine and or have had it, 
then I think is the time when we can be like, hey, we're back to normal. So next year might still be a little bit inconsistent with like stuff that we can do. Okay. Um, but once we start getting into like 2022, he, the the report was like, well, people are still going to be a little bit nervous. They want to start doing things, but there's a bit of discomfort. You know, we've kind of been, we've kind of relearned how to live based on like not wanting to get sick, right? Yeah. Like the flu numbers are down this year. Because everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, and all the uh, endangered animals in Africa are coming back. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, that will end quickly, probably. But There's um, a lot of masks in the ocean, though. Mm, that's not good. That's not good. So it might take a year or so for people to kind of, kind of fully get their, their partying selves okay. going again. All right. And then by 2023, 2024, we're going to have a, like a decade of craziness because everyone's going to be like, <laughs> we, we survived. We did it. Celebrate good times. Come, Come on. on. Yeah, dude. So, okay. so I think that spells great news for those of us who like to go drink. We'll be drinking barrel-aged beers at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it won't be a thing. I don't know. Maybe. With like 30 people at her house. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Uh, so, yeah, that was okay. the interesting tidbit where this is not necessarily this coming year because of, you know, we're still dealing with it right now. So, but it was it was a prediction of fun and debauchery for all. I feel like which I thought was exciting. I feel like what you're saying this reminds me of the days leading up to St. Patty's Day and Halloween. But now we have a few years leading up to it, so follow my correlation. I see there's two types of people 3 days, 4 days before St. Patty's Day and Halloween. Two types of people. One person is like, I got to take a break. I'm going to go so hard on St. Patty's Day that I'm not going to drink for the next few days. I find that to be a terrible idea. The other person, which is me, uh, I'm going to keep this train rolling. So on St. Patty's Day, I'm ready to rumble. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think what I'm hearing is we have two years to get these drinking vessels into tip-top shape. <laughs> and right now, it's going well. That's what we needed. You needed the pandemic year to really take that big push of tolerance right. up to a next level. <laughs> right. And now we spend 2021, 2022 really fine-tuning the edges. Yep. So when it comes to 23, 24, we just start pounding liquor in the morning and are functional adults. That's like an advertisement for alcoholism. Nah, no, it's cool. It's the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> Flappers and jazz hands. <laughs> I do want to now, at some point in the 20s, if if this is a correct prediction, I want to go to a Great Gatsby party mm. and have it be like the old Roaring Twenties, but in the new Roaring Twenties. Uh, Wouldn't that one. be fun? I'll throw one. Okay, cool. Yeah, give me three years. Do you want to dress like all that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I love dressing up. Cool. Yeah, getting fancy and getting drunk. Two favorite things in the world. I hate dressing up, but I will dress up for a Gatsby party. You don't like dressing up? I just don't feel comfortable in those kind of clothes. Right. I, the, the biggest problem for me as a human adult is I'm large. Yeah, it's the size of you. Um, I often say this. I've been saying this to my girlfriend now, too, because like uh, I'm very particular about like my space mm -hmm. when we're sleeping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can be the same way, and I'm half your size. Because I'm large, I've always been generally uncomfortable everywhere, mm. right? Chairs aren't built for people who are six foot four see, and 280 pounds. You know, airplanes aren't built for that. Generally, things are not built for people my size. So when I find a place that I'm comfortable, I'm very protective of that spot because <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I finally got you it. You got a pitchfork, get off my lawn. Right. I'll kill you. So when it's when it's with fancy clothes, oftentimes, even if I've got them fitted correctly, mm -hmm. like even if I go to a tailor, and I get it all fitted correctly. It fits better, but 
You they, can't get you can't just can't get comfortable. Well, like my shoulders are always like they feel trapped. Shoulders. Yeah. And the sleeves are always a little bit too short. <laughs> and, you know, like sometimes the upper my thighs are huge. Like the upper part of my legs are tight. And I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> and I've got huge feet. Like what size you wear? I'm 13, but I'm 4E width. Oh, geez. I'm the widest feet you can have, at least that are sold in shoes. So it's like, I'm always uncomfortable in fancy clothes. I love how I look in fancy clothes. Mm-hmm. I hate how I feel in fancy clothes. Oh, see, so I- I'll last in like my full getup for like 20 minutes, and then I'll be like, all right, tie off, can't breathe, jacket <laughs> off, okay, I can move my arms again, <laughs> belt off, okay, cool. <laughs> and now I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naked, yep. Oh, I'm the opposite. I love it. You feel good, you look good. You look good, you feel good. You play good. Yeah. Every once in a while, when I was in junior college, or community college, excuse me, what am I, a pro athlete? When I was in community college, uh, sometimes uh, I would uh, wear slacks, a dress shirt, and a tie to tests, like the old Michael Scott, but not every day, because if you look smart, you test smart. Mm. Did that work for you? I mean, I got into Wazoo. Did that work for you? I think. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, we've been tangenting here, but um. Okay, okay. So, so with that, with that in mind, what is your outlook for 2021 craft beer wise? Well, I think what's going to be what's going to be really interesting is yeah, is vaccine stuff is going to get there, but. And I really, really hope we get... The summer's going to be legit. See, that's what I was getting to. I really hope we get a majority of the population in the Northwest, in the Vancouver, Portland, metropolitan area. I hope we get a lot of vaccines out. Because I think come May, and especially June, when that sun comes out, this summer is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be crazy drinking. I think all your brew pubs are going to have record numbers every day. Um, I think you're going to start seeing people, people are going to look at their vacation days a little differently next year. And I think you're going to see it a lot more correlate with travel and with sunny days. So expect lookout bend to any of you guys down there listening to this podcast, you're in for a wild summer. Uh, and we should see that rejuvenation just in the outdoor. I mean, everyone spent all this money on their outdoor patios. You might as well try to keep that going for the summer. That was going to be my key was, was everyone's built outdoor spaces now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to depend on some, some laws and some permit stuff and see what well, the right. city does, but I'm going to say it does, but I would hope they're going to let that go again. Well, the places that took up streets and parking spaces, probably not going to be allowed to keep those, those built, uh, mm-hmm. those built outdoor seating areas. For once, the once COVID's over, right? I would imagine because I, I mean, some streets are fully closed. Yes, for restaurants, that's not going to stay the same. No, um, I don't think it could. It could, I suppose, but I don't think it's going to stay the same. But for those who have been lucky enough to have space to build solid outdoor areas, um, or maybe have already had them, but you know, did a better job of building them up because it was the only place you could have it. People love to sit outside and drink beer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes it gets too hot and you want to have the AC, right? Like in the middle of the summer, if it's like 95, 98 degrees, you don't really want to sit outside. But generally, it's temperate here. It's comfortable. Yeah, I could see that being a huge a huge boost for the craft brew scene is just keeping those going. Yeah, and I think because drinking is going to go to an excess level in the summertime and beer is getting better and better and better, I am really hoping this is the year of low ABV, well-made craft beer. Hmm. Like, lagers at 3%, hoppy beers at 4%, but, like, with body. Hell, I would love if this is the year of non-alcoholic beer. I would love it. If I could go to a brewery and I could drink, you know, a 6% IPA and then switch to a non-alcoholic hoppy beer and then go to a 4.5% lager 
I, I would love life. That's interesting. I don't think I'd be that interested in drinking non-alcoholic beer. If it tastes good. Yeah. If it tastes good. I think I'm into it because I will want to have long stints of being out with people. Right. And if I just continue to drink all day, then you just become worthless. And then your next day sucks and all that stuff. Right. So I would love at least the option. I would love to see that option come through. And who knows? Because I don't know how you price it. Is someone going to pay five bucks for a pint of non-alcoholic beer? I doubt it. Probably not. But if you could get it to three bucks, four bucks I would do. Um, especially if you knew it was a full day. If you were like, we're going golfing, and then we're going to have dinner, and then we're going to go see a show, I would love non-alcoholic options in the local craft beer world. Do you foresee that happening, though, or is that more of just a personal wish? I think it's a chance. I've, I've, I just don't like. I don't I've see started, any of our breweries doing it, are I've they? started seeing it with low ABV lagers. I've started to see some low ABV lagers pop around anywhere between 3 and 4%. And I think it can happen with hoppy beers... But I think there's still some innovative ideas that need to happen in terms of keeping the body full. Because I remember we were drinking those stone beers, and you're right. A lot of session IPAs, quote-unquote, or some Northwest Pale Ales. Although Northwest Pale Ales tend to make it, but even hoppy pales sometimes really lack the body. Yep. And I know it's hard to have body and you know non-alcoholic, but I think we're smart enough to make that happen. I, I would like to see it. I I. I... I don't particularly care about it. So, I mean, cool. If it happens, great. I just won't partake in that. Yeah. I just don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't see a benefit to it for myself, just the way that I tend to drink. I mean, I, I tend to have a, a higher tolerance anyway because I'm a big guy. Right. So I can drink a couple of beers and be okay. And I drink slower than the average person, so that usually yes, helps do. me. Yeah. That usually helps me out. But I have been in, in spots. I mean, I'm hanging out with my buddy Ryan. He'll slam a pint in 35 minutes and then look at me like, why I'm taking so long. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Chug, chug, chug. Here we go. <laughs> and it begins. Thank God it's just a Timbers game, and I'm going to ditch you in three hours. <laughs> um, so we also talked about last week that you know I, I think we're we're going to see another boost of or a boom of the West Coast IPA coming back. Again. I agree. I think we've already started to see it. I agree. Yeah, but I think it's going to continue next year. Kind of a resetting of the of the IPA palette. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's had their fill of hazies. They understand what that work, how that works in the palate, and how that works in the industry, and how the consumers want that. But I think that so many places, for a little bit, went so heavy and far into that realm that they only had a couple of options for those who didn't like hazies. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start seeing that swing back the other way now. Not everywhere, but uh, in a lot of breweries that maybe followed the craze because they wanted to make some money off of it, and now are kind of going back to their roots a little bit. So I definitely think we'll see that for sure. I'm kind of interested on that front with the IPAs. With the, you know, and I've talked about this kind of frequently over the last few months on this podcast. I'm interested to see if, because we're getting so much influx of California IPAs, I'm interested to see if the California West Coast and the Pacific Northwest West Coast start to like the like bridge the gap a little bit and see if they come towards each other a little more or if they continue to separate out a little more. I'd be really interested to watch that trend because I feel like a lot of like I've said before, a lot of cellar maker beers, Alvarado Street, like some of that some of that stuff is very different than what we have up here. But then you have your beech woods that are very similar to what we have up here. I'm interested to see if that gap will widen or shorten. I'm very curious. This is another, it's open-ended. I'm not sure. This is more of a hope than anything else. So in my opinion, and I think in your opinion as well, and probably in a lot of our listeners' opinions, um, when we try beers from other states that are maybe not known as being craft beer states, 
right? Like, especially because we, especially now because everyone's canning and they're sending their beer around to kind of stay afloat. I've tried beer from a lot of different states mm -hmm. uh, that I didn't expect to try beer from. Generally, I feel like a lot of states are still lagging behind the quality that we see in like the big craft beer states, mm -hmm. like us or California or or Washington, for for example, Colorado, Colorado. Um, I think we're seeing a, a pretty significant lag, at least from what I've tasted. Now you know it's traveling, so maybe that changes certain things. I wonder if these breweries in whatever states they may be in have had an ear to the ground on how their beer is being received in places like Oregon and maybe want to learn to step their game up because they might be doing great in their state wherever it is because there's not a lot of craft beer there or they don't have a lot of competition or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I hope that we get some like pioneering out-of-state beers that really step their game up to go, ah, <clears throat> This is the quality that we want to that we want to try to achieve. Yeah, that, because I I want there to be when you travel or if you go somewhere that doesn't have a lot of options, I want there to be more options from more places that you can enjoy. Yeah, like like food food in Southern California is very different than food in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. However, you can find both really great food in both spots. And sometimes going to a state, there might be popular beer, but it's not that great. Because I, I'm with you. Like you could take a, you could take, you could take a one-off Von Ebert IPA and drop it in the state of Ohio, and that's the best thing they've ever had. Mm -hmm. You know, not that Von Ebert doesn't make great beer. They're my 2020 brewery of the year. But you know what I mean. A one-off from a top ten brewery in town would dominate another state, and I would like, I would like to see that closer. Yeah, as me well. too. I think it's just. Because I've been doing a little bit of the experimenting with the Market of Choice stuff, mm -hmm. I've been trying a lot of the out-of-state beers. Uh, one that I was really excited about that I was really disappointed by was one out of Orlando. It was called, like, Adroit Theory. Yeah, I remember that. They have incredible artwork. Uh, they have cool names to their beers. Like, all the marketing stuff is there. But the beer just was not at a level that I expected, right? I think I got a black IPA from them, and I was like, I love black IPAs. Mm -hmm. these, these beers are usually great. I just did not like it that much. And... But what's your, what's your competition in Orlando, Florida for craft beer? Right. And Probably I, nothing. I would also wonder, though, if there's some sort of, you know, flavor, like not like a house flavor, but like for your region mm -hmm. that maybe we're just not aware of. That uh, would be interesting. Like like in that food thing, you know, if I'm having if I'm having, you know, if I'm having great tacos from a taqueria in in Southern California. Obviously, that tastes very different than etouffee in Louisiana. Yeah, I don't like Cajun food necessarily. So oh, you're crazy, man. I, I just it's the spices. I'm not a huge fan of those spices. Um, so like a lot yeah. of butter, though. <laughs> that is true. My palate doesn't love that kind of food. Sure. And I, I, I realize I, I sound kind of like foo foo and a little elitist when I talk about it like this because you know you could do that same experiment in Ohio and they hate the beer because that's not the palate of beer that they want. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so maybe that's a little bit elitist of me just because I live here and this is. You know, kind of what we've grown to like. We and do we, the best. We know that we have the best craft beer, but for those who have only had certain options available to them, that's the best craft beer, and their palates are being trained to like that flavor. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a negative thought. It's just something that I wish is like I've gotten a lot of beers from different states from Market of Choice, and when I have them, like they look exciting, and then I have them, and I'm like, hmm, could be better. I wonder what the next trend's going to be. Because I feel like we're out of options. The smoothie sour thing is not going anywhere. Not going anywhere? No. I hope it goes far away. I hope it goes far away, too. But dies it's not, forever. But it's not going to. It's Why? beer for a non-beer drinker. It's terrible. We were My girlfriend and I were at Oakshire on 42nd, their Portland pub, the other day. 
And we, and they I didn't have, realize they had one in Portland. Yeah, they have one on 42nd. And 42nd's actually North Portland. 42nd, like between Killingsworth and Alberta, is actually a really cool spot. Um, there's some fun restaurants there. And uh, we were there, and they had four different smoothie sours on. And I saw a bunch of people drinking them. Mm. And, you know, they fit stereotypes of non-traditional craft beer drinkers, but they're there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean... Last year, I would have never predicted that a smoothie sour would even be a style, right? <laughs> so what's going to be the next big thing? I have no clue. I have our, no idea. Our, we've seen pastry stouts. We've seen pastry IPAs. Yep. The sugar thing, I think we've reached the end of sugar. Right. I don't know how much more sugar we can do. Um, I'm curious if the trend is going to continue to be bring in more non-craft beer drinkers, or is it going to be bring back the craft beer drinker? Uh, let's hope it's the latter. Let's hope it's the latter. but Because we spend more money. Generally, I think the thought is the more people that come in, the better. Right. Right. But if a group of four comes in and only drinks one pint, you want me and Mike over them. Yes, because we're going to drink three pints. Yep. And we're going to come back. Yep. That group of four had one pint and is going to come back maybe once every four months. Right. We're going to come back once every week. Ah, this is my favorite brewery. I'll have a vodka tonic. And you're like, get out. (laughs) Get out. So I hope it's that. And that's why I hope it's a little bit more of a bitter West Coast IPA coming back. I'm not sure what other styles could be brought in in that sense. I mean, we've kind of we've we've done a ton of the crispy boy stuff. It'll be interesting to see uh the evolution of of just traditional styles. Is yeah. how much more cuz like cuz we've know, seen the Vienna lager and we've seen that that's grown into yeah, really you've popular. Yeah, seen the Vienna, the Hellas, you know, all this kind of stuff. Wayfinder makes a Doppelbach. I don't know how many people want a Doppelbach. Theirs is pretty good, but could we see more of that? Well, could funny we enough, see more Alt beers. We could... talked about last last week. Shinerbach is a massively popular craft beer mm-hmm. uh, nationwide. Mm-hmm. It's based out of Texas. It's in right. Austin, Texas, but it's a Bach. It's a very drinkable beer for those who don't love craft beer because sure. it's easy drinking. It's kind of sweet. It's not bitter. Yeah. So maybe that is a style that people want, and that is sticking with traditional styles as yep. well. Yep. So that's what I really want to see. I think we've 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 put loggers back on the map. So what it's, you're saying is we're going to get traditional dark beers back on the map. Maybe, Let's go. Maybe, dude. I'd love to see people more excited about Dunkels and Schwarz beers. I mean, we're see, I think we're seeing Schwarz flying this year i think that was an under the radar style i had a great Schwarz beer that, a couple weeks ago. that did really well in 2020 yeah so it'll be interesting the non-yellow crispies how they do mm. i hope you're correct i hope sure. you're correct dude i hope it's all great all right let's get to our beer of the week we got a fun one we do yeah let's finish this oh i finished my shredder it'll, it'll be a fun Sorry. one and I'm, yeah. I'm always ahead of you you're always ahead of me all right uh beer of the week coming up next beers on us mike lynch patrick harris Beer of the Week time! I'm here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Back to back. Hey guys, drink. 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 We today are drinking a beer from Ooh, I our- I like that color. From our great, great friends, Mike's 2020 Brewery of the Year at Berlick. We are drinking Jim Parker's Holiday Ale. R.I.P., I, right? Because I felt there is no better way, you know, I'm not- Oh. 
think I gave myself too much. That's okay. I think there's no better way to send off this crappy year than a beer from a man that wasn't afraid to tell you to go F yourself. So this R.I.P., <laughs> correct? Yes, yes. Is he the OG at Berlick or just an OG in the industry? Jim Parker's an OG in the industry. Spent some time with Berlick in the early days. Everyone knows this man. He's just an incredibly genuine, nice, funny, honorary amazing human being that we lost not some of the notes on the beer jim invented tachos no really he did google it (laughs) keep on hand trucking jim loved independent beer deeply and jokes and puns and punny jokes and whiskey up yours (laughs) jim worked with us for two years and helped put the stubborn in our stubbornly independent self-distribution business jim was bald and old and grumpy when he had a cold three orange whips jim was a legend in the industry and a true friend we miss you jim bleep Jim Parker's Holiday Ale is a modern interpretation of Jim's original recipe from his first brewing job over 22 years ago. Imperial Winter Warmer brewed with Cascade Columbus and Chinook hops and five bad jokes per barrel. (laughs) Cool. So it's interesting, color-wise, talking about winter beer. Talking about winter beer. This is more bale breaker than it was uh, Ben Brewing. Well, the difference is is this is your winter ale and Mm. not your winter IPA. I think I've decided that the winter IPA is just an IPA. Okay, with a little bit more with milk. a little catchphrase. Gotcha. But I thought... The winter ale actually brings in sweetness and, mm-hmm. and a, a, and a more warm, body. warming spices. Yeah, this is 8.5%. Cool. Good thing it's 11.27 <laughs> in the morning and we've already had half a beer. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know what to expect from this. Um, I just, I saw it any, you know, this... This picture of Jim's face on the can and there's stickers everywhere and magnets and it all, I mean... He is now synonymous with this face, and uh, it just kind of made me smile. And I remember you said that, you know, last week you picked these guys as your favorite brewery of the year. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would be a nice way to send off 2020 on the COVID wall with a little Jim Parker love. Sounds good to me. It's a good beer, too. It's it's got – it does have that what you're looking for in a winter warmer. Yep. It has kind of a a sugary sweetness to it but isn't overpowering – uh, it kind of sticks in your mouth a little bit. It coats your mouth and throat, mm-hmm. which is just, I think, typical when, especially because it's an imperial beer. When you get that kind of a beer, that it it, it kind of just keeps you comfortable. Right? I get. Um, it's a slower drinker too. Yeah, I get. Uh, I get a little like spicy character, but not from adjuncts. You know, just from its 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 recipe build, which is kind of nice. Helps give you that little warm feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a nice bite at the end. Is that just me? Let me take another sip. Yeah, I gotta take another sip. Am too I for leaning? That. Off, I might be leaning off the uh, no, because the there's strata something. A little there's too something much. in the back end of my palate that is kind of biting. I just don't know if it's from the beer or if it's just like the the sweetness of the beer kind of being left over. I think it's. I think it's the beer. I think it has that nice, that nice sweet, like ambery body in the center, but finishes really dry with nice bitterness. I mean, we yeah, know right. these guys. These guys love their hops. Cascade, Columbus, Chinook, those are some OG, OG, classic C hops. And I said it was based on the 22-year-old recipe, right? Yeah, so. I mean, that's that would do it 22 years ago. I mean, beers were bitter. Mm. Um, you know, not quite like the hop wars, but, you know, have a Bridgeport IPA 22 years ago. That's a bitter beer. Have a Bridgeport IPA the day they closed. That's, That's a bitter, a bitter beer. That's a bitter beer. Because <laughs> they never changed their recipe. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Bridgeport. I did I did always like you guys, even though you didn't change your recipes ever. I know I heard somebody say, if you could, what old beard if you could have would you have right now? Someone said Blue Heron. From Bridge from Bridgeport. The Blue hmm. Heron Pilsner. That was it was a solid beer. It was. It, it was. was a solid beer. Uh 
if, if there would be a pick a place you would go for me, it'd be Bridgeport. I love that location over on Northwest Marshall. Yeah. And I liked the I liked the vibe, and they had good food. Yeah. So I'm sad about that. I knew a lot of people that worked there, too. A lot of people I knew lost their jobs. Yeah. Well, one of the people who worked at Brakeside also worked at Bridgeport. I remember because well, I ran into the same person. I was like, I... There was a while there. I know you. There was a while there where uh, a lot of people that used to work at Bridgeport worked at Breakside. Mm. <laughs> Same neighborhood. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, you know. Sort of, yeah. Uh, if I could go anywhere to a brewery that's not open anymore, I would choose probably the Commons. Yeah. Probably the Commons. I was also- But I drink, but I get to still drink their beers because, you know, Sam and Sean do great stuff. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was I was one of the few, I felt like, who was sad about Burnside Brewing closing as well. You are. So I also noticed that on that, somebody said they missed Sweet Heat from uh, from Burnside, and I that, made, that made me think of you instantly. I like, I like Sweet Heat. I also liked their, uh, their winter beer, the Indomitable Snowman or whatever it was called. That was a good beer, too. Um, what I miss most about it is that it's across from Boston Nova Ballroom. Yep. Which in the last few years before COVID became stop number one for all the metal bands I liked. So whenever I went to go see a metal show, I'd go across the street to Burnside, have Beautiful. a couple pints, go watch the show. So I'm not paying inside the venue prices for drinks. <laughs> um, although I guess isn't Mickler doing their their place there? Uh, I have no idea what's going on with that because that location went, is a good location. Right? I never went. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. With COVID. Well, COVID might have changed everything. Yeah. COVID half the time. I don't know who's open and who's not. And I'm like actively trying to know this. Right. All right. Well, whatever brewery opens there, you will have my business when concerts happen again, (laughs) because, uh, you're very convenient to Boston Nova Ballroom for sure. Oh yeah. Great beer. I mean, I don't have much else to say. It's the type of beer that I really want this time of year. Uh, it's hitting all the notes that I want from the beer. It's barrel X, so drink, and it's an ode to a legend in the industry. So there you go. This is more of just like a... Honestly, no pun intended. This was more of like a warm my heart kind of beer. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like I saw it and I was like, you know what, Jim? Yeah, we choose you. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Very much appreciated. Thank you for listening all year. It's been a pretty difficult year to do the podcast. Uh, it's been interesting, but it's been tough because there's there are so many weeks where we were like, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, we've already talked about COVID like five times. What are we going to do? So thank you guys for sticking it out with us. Uh, we promise that next year when things are open again and we're able to do things, we're going to start going out and doing we're stuff go again. Nuts. I mean, when we could temporarily go out and do things, we went out and did a couple episodes this mm-hmm. year, so that was fun. We have like 10 places we want to go. That we've agreed with already with yeah. them yeah. before COVID. So uh, Great Notion, Ruse, Occidental, uh, all these places. We're looking yeah. right at you. We're going to go to Montevilla. Thunder Brewery Island. 26. Thunder Island said they wanted Thunder to have Island. us out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brewery, Brewery 26. Uh, Chicha wants to have us Chicha, out. Chicha, yeah. I mean, we're all over the place. There's so many places that we're like, yeah, absolutely. So next year, we'll be going ham. A lot of on location. Yes, which I, I, I like. I enjoy. It gets, gets you a vibe of not just us, but also the people that work in beer as well. Thank you to Taylor for dropping off this gift. Very, very much appreciate it. I cannot wait to try these beers. And uh, I'm very glad. I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but uh, we had a girlfriend of one of our listeners reach out to us as a potential addition to a gift she got. And I was able to help with that. And uh, she said it went very well. Good. So uh, I- I'm very, very happy to uh, to that listener who got the gift that he wanted. And, a li- and we were able to help expand that experience eventually so yeah uh i'm glad that went well as well uh have a very safe new year's guys uh have a happy new year's and get ready to enjoy a 2021 that hopefully in a couple of months will not have COVID in the front of everybody's mind positive attitudes positive thinking 
It is actually true. It's important. Positive attitudes. Positive attitudes. We'll see you guys next year. Catorces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.